Hello. As I speak, it's the 15th of December 2021, though don't set your sundial by me. I used to print a list of the most evil companies on earth. Monsanto was always high up and so was Goldman Sachs, the vampire squid on the face of humanity and surely the most evil bank ever created. Some of the arms companies have to be in the top 10, that company which designed grenades which look colourful so that children pick them up gets regular votes from me. The idea is that children pick up the grenade and lose an arm when the grenade goes bang. The theory is that a child with a limb missing costs a country more than a dead child. Then on my list as Google, which forgot its promise to do no evil, became oppressive and tyrannical. And their chums at YouTube also forgot their teenage dreams and became the world's boot-wearing thugs. Microsoft's high up on the nasties, as is Wikipedia, the site which has done massive damage in this war. Drug companies always came near the top on my list, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, and of course the thoroughly unpleasant GlaxoSmithKline aren't the sort of companies for which I think honest, decent people would want to work. Drug company staff don't exist to save lives, but to make money for the company. But the number one horror company in the world isn't difficult for me to choose. Millions of people have been tricked into believing it is their saviour, a wonderful company. The boss boasts that when he goes into a restaurant, the other diners stand up and applaud him. Standing ovations here, uh, there and everywhere when they should be throwing their food at him. But I believe it's the most thoroughly evil company ever created. Sadly, surprisingly few people watched my video two weeks ago entitled Evidence that they knew the Covid jab would kill thousands in which I explained that the company knew how dangerous their new drug was and how many people it was killing and injuring. I'm talking about Pfizer, of course. There are a lot of misconceptions and myths about Pfizer. The first is that it created a Covid-19 jab. It didn't. The only thing Pfizer has created is a money-making machine. A Pfizer spokesman says that their jab has saved millions of lives. That's typical drug company garbage, of course. The drug companies always claim that their drugs and vaccines have saved millions of lives. The truth is that many of their drugs and most, if not all, of their vaccines have killed or injured more people than they've saved. It was clean drinking water and sewage systems that saved lives. You can trace that back, way back to the end of the 19th century. The chief executive of Gavi, the UN-backed Vaccines Alliance, says no one is safe until everyone is safe, which must go down as one of the most stupid and self-serving remarks ever to not come out of a Christmas cracker. The argument is that the jab must be given to everyone in the world. Gosh! The truth about the Pfizer shot is that it was created by a company called BioNTech. Pfizer's previously mo most famous creation was a drug called Viagra a blood pressure remedy which turned out to have an unexpected upside. Pfizer just does the marketing and makes a hell of a lot of money. I've described Pfizer's appalling history before at length, but it's worth remembering that the company was publicly shamed on Twitter in 2018 by Donald Trump for its habit of increasing prices. True to its habit, Pfizer has been putting up the price of its COVID-19 jab, even though you might expect the price to come down. Von der Leyen of the EU agreed a massive price rise per shot. 
from an indecent 15.5 euros to a plain greedy 19.5 euros, as did whoever was responsible for wasting NHS money in the UK and whoever was responsible for buying the stuff in the United States. Even the World Health Organization says that Pfizer has a reputation for putting profit above everything else. Pfizer recently told its investors that the price would go up when COVID becomes endemic, even though administrative and research costs are lower and profits are already said to be in the high 20% range. They're talking of jabs, jabs, jabs for years to come. Pfizer's talking of $80 billion in forecast revenues. One bank described it as an economic windfall. And remember, Pfizer didn't create this damn product, they marketed it. I was so surprised when I heard the Pfizer boss take time off from being applauded in restaurants to warn that everyone might need a fourth shot to help combat the Omicron version of the rebranded flu. What a surprise. And then, of course, they'll work their way through the rest of the Greek alphabet. I bet there's a committee somewhere worrying about what they'll do when the Greek alphabet runs out. It's painfully obvious to anyone with two neurons to rub together that Omicron is being used as a marketing tool to push the simple-minded into lining up for booster jabs. And then there's the magic pill the mainstream media is so excited about. Pfizer has one, of course, and so has Merck. In the United States, the FDA approved Merck's pill by a vote of 13 to 10, though some Americans might have looked for more than a fairly narrow majority vote in favour. The dissenters raised concern about safety and effectiveness. <laughs> safety and effectiveness. They worried that the pill might create new COVID variants or cause birth defects if taken by pregnant women. The United States government has a contract to buy $2.2 billion worth of this stuff. Pfizer's new antiviral pill, the heavily promoted solution, needs to be taken with a drug called Ritonavar the drug used to treat HIV. And there's a bit of a problem, is that Ritonavar specifically inhibits the body to break down medicines. A paper in a magazine called Nature noted a high overall frequency of drug interactions. Still, government thinks it's wonderful. The issue of mask wearings back in the headlines. The BBC reports that the BMA has said that asthma is not an exemption from, wear, from wearing masks. A BA person, BMA person allegedly said that Asthma UK and the British Lung Foundation quote, are very good and strong on this too, that anyone suffering from those conditions should be wearing a face mask. Close quote. Actually, that's not what they say on their website, where the British Lung Foundation agrees that some people with lung problems won't be able to wear masks. But in my view, the BMA is part of the enemy, as it always has been. The British Lung Foundation says that, open quotes, wearing a mask does not reduce a person's oxygen supply or cause a buildup of carbon dioxide. You may have read stories that say that it can, but this isn't true, close quotes. And I have no doubt that they also believe that the moon is made of green cheese, that Doris Johnson has never told a lie, and that Father Christmas doesn't visit homes which don't have a chimney or where the inhabitants haven't been triple jabbed. Please, Read my little book on the subject of masks. It's available free on both my websites. You might find that you want to send free copies to the British Medical Association and the British Lung Foundation. You can find them on the internet. Remember that Northern Ireland has insisted on masks all along, but apparently has a higher infection rate than England. The evidence is clear. Masks 
don't work. They do reduce oxygen supply, obviously. They do increase carbon dioxide supply, obviously. But among many other problems, they do increase the wearer's chances of developing a serious chest infection. Bacterial pneumonia is now a huge global problem thanks to masks. Why does no one in government care about the evidence? Because the truth is, as it has been for two years, inconvenient. Our freedoms are being eroded, taken from the people everywhere by corrupt and totalitarian governments. Unions take every opportunity to demand more lockdowns. A zillion public sector workers are sitting at home, causing chaos by their absence and yet still being paid. Politicians and their advisers know that a risk-free world is impossible. It's been clear for two years that they're driven by dark motives. Incidentally, on the subject of masks, the Magnificent World Doctors Alliance points out that if you don't wear a mask, it is illegal for anyone to insist that you disclose why you aren't wearing a mask, according to Section 29, brackets 5 of the Equality Act 2010. The World Doctors Alliance also points out that it's illegal to deny anyone entrance to anywhere and or service because that's a breach of Section 13, brackets 1 of the Equality Act. To summarise, it is illegal to harass or discriminate against someone not wearing a mask, and if you do so, you may face a criminal charge and a fine. Remember that, please. When I can bear to go into a town where there are street lights and shops, I pay cash for everything I buy. Well, to be honest, I haven't ever actually bought a house for cash, and I haven't bought a car for cash for quite a while, but you know what I mean. Two days ago, I went into a second-hand bookshop and bought a couple of books with cash. You'd have thought I was trying to pay with beads. The man who followed me glared at me and very loudly criticised me for using cash. Paying by card is much better, he said, proceeding to take five minutes to make the transaction work. The assistant agreed with him, which was stupid of him, because card companies take a huge chunk out of any shop's profit. Shopping's a miserable business these days, I admit. I went into 12 shops and I was the only person in any of the shops who wasn't wearing a mask. Every way I turn, there's evidence of growing insanity. Someone I heard of had a bit of a sniffle and took six lateral flow tests until one was positive. He then rushed off to a testing centre and had a positive PCR test. He's now delighted to be isolating for however long it is these days. By the time he's just about cured, his wife will have the sniffle and test positive. I doubt if either of them will ever work again, which is probably the plan. Last week, in my review, I mentioned the accusations laid against vaccine promoter Bill Gates, who has been accused of sexual misbehaviour. Both the BBC and The Guardian have financial links to Gates, and it's surprising that they've maintained those links. This is taking hypocrisy to absurd heights. The BBC fires people who've been tarnished by any sort of impropriety, whether proven or not. But their loyalty to Gates shows that the corporation will turn a blind eye to sexual harassment when it suits them money. Indeed, the BBC's history is so questionable that all lefty-wokey folk should keep well away from its studios and call for it to be closed down immediately. Loads of lefty-nutters have called for statues to be to important historical figures, including Winston Churchill, to be removed, but how many of them have called for the BBC to be closed because of its foul history? Wreath was the BBC's first Director-General and is widely regarded as the father of the BBC. 
but he was a keen supporter of Hitler, praising his efficiency in 1939 and telling Herr von Ribbentrop that he would happily fly the swastika from the top of Bush House. So there we are. It's difficult to avoid the conclusion that anyone who supports the BBC is linking themselves to a Nazi supporter and is closing their eyes to the sexual harassment of women. I believe the BBC still displays a bust and portrait of Reith, the Nazi sympathiser. Until the hypocrisy-soaked BBC is closed down, every BBC presenter and broadcaster should apologise every day for their employer's disgraceful past. Meanwhile, the lies and deceits keep coming thick and fast and they're building up the threats, as predicted. They're threatening to introduce vax passports and forced jabs for those wise enough to say no thank you. Many of the new regulations are merely intended to isolate and put pressure on those holding out against the tyranny. Those of us who know that the COVID-19 jab isn't safe enough to be used as landfill Politicians around the world are competing for places in the world government, which is planned, and the politicians who are nastier to their voters will get the plum jobs when national governments disappear. In the UK, they're pretty well shutting down the country again for a flu variant, which everyone seems to agree is milder, by the way, than the previous variant, though they'll no doubt claim that people are dying with it, though not of it. Government staff, knowing that they're lying, will doubtless continue to party and ignore their own rules. On Thursday the 9th of December, Doris Johnson, the UK's Prime Minister, talked of a full lockdown. Someone in Wales said the same thing. The Scottish woman cancelled Christmas. But the World Health Organization reported that not one person in the world have, had died of Omicron, the new COVID variation that was on December the 9th. Not one. Not one even in South Africa, where Omicron first reared its ugly little head. This is a disease widely said to be less severe than the flu, probably less than a cold. I predicted several months ago that governments would tighten the screw just as Christmas ended. Why? Because people are depressed as the holiday comes to a close. And this, remember, is a psyop. It has nothing to do with medicine or science. The evil people now running the world want to attack us when we're most vulnerable. I tell you this not to depress you, because it's better that you know than that you are surprised. We're never reminded by the mainstream media that around 93% of all adults have antibodies and that COVID-19 has a fatality rate of around 0.096%, 0.096%, mainly among the over 80s who have other serious illnesses and who, if they die, die with it. And talking of the traditional flu, they say the flu is coming back, so as to persuade us that COVID-19 isn't the flu. Yet another lie. Yahoo News actually ran a headline the other day which read, Vaccines for Australia's 5 to 11-year-olds. What do we know and how do I book? Close quotes. The writer says, It is true that serious symptoms and complications from COVID-19 in unvaccinated children are extremely rare. Thank you for admitting that. And transmission between children in schools is low. Thank you for admitting that. But children are highly likely to spread the virus to members in their household if they do become infected. Close quotes. The problem with that, of course, is that the jabs don't stop you getting it or spreading it. But never mind, the facts were long ago abandoned in this propaganda war. In Austria, anyone over the age of 14 
who won't allow themselves to be forcibly jabbed with a toxic experimental drug, which doesn't do what people think it does, must pay a fine of up to 3,600 euros every three months, or possibly a few thousand euros a day, according to which bit of news you believe. Those who can't or don't pay will be concentrated in special camps. Maybe they'll call them concentration camps. Poverty and hunger will doubtless rise dramatically. Adolf Hitler, the most famous Austrian of all time, will be brimming with pride. I was thinking we ought to organise a boycott of anything made in Austria, but the only thing they seem to make there, apart from Leidenhosen journals, those funny dresses, is Austrians. So we should simply organise a tourist boycott. Go somewhere else for your holidays, if they'll let you, and tell them why. We have to stand against this tyranny. Remember, you may not be in Austria, but if the government there is allowed to get away with this outrage, the chances are that governments everywhere will want to do the same. And when they came for me, there was no one left up to stand up for me. You know how it goes. In the UK, GPs are offering booster jabs to under-40s against NHS guidance. The only conclusion is that they become jab-happy, driven by all that lovely money for doing damn all. The government will be promoting jabs for everybody, but they were doing the under-40s before they were allowed. I've heard of one British GP refusing to see a patient face-to-face -face because they hadn't been vaxxed. If true, this is a violation of every medical principle existing. It's a violation of the Hippocratic Oath and surely of the NHS regulations. Any doctor who does this should be struck off the medical register permanently, partly for being uncaring and partly for being too stupid to own a stethoscope. Also, in the UK, patients who don't want to be jabbed have to persuade their doctor to sign an exemption form. They can, I understand, just post the form in since no one's actually seen a GP since the spring of 2020. Once a GP has made a decision, there is no appeal, which seems entirely fitting with the totalitarian world in which we're living. In Finland, the Prime Minister stayed out clubbing until 4am, despite having been in contact with a minister who had Covid. I can't see Joe Biden staying out clubbing until 4am. And in the UK, of course, ministers and staff showed that they know that the Covid fraud is a fraud by having loads of parties but calling them gatherings. Come round to my office for drinks, cheese nibbles and lots of innuendos. It's our Christmas gathering. Wise folk will wonder why they're pushing the jab so hard since everyone knows they don't do what people think they do. The only answer, of course, is that they're designed to kill. And they deny and suppress the truth. Those who say... It makes no sense. I'm missing the point. Nothing's designed to make sense. It's a psyop. You and I are now our country's enemy. In a sane world run by sane people, the COVID-19 jabs would be banned, not made compulsory. This war has nothing to do with medicine or science. It's a propaganda war run by psychopaths. One group of scientists says that hospital admissions could reach a thousand a day. This is true. They could reach a million a day. Or they could reach three a day. Governments have been building policies on coulds and mites for two years. So I suppose they might just as well continue amongst those lines. The fact that people in government take no notice of their own damned rules prove that they know everything is a lie. There is no plague. There is no need to abandon parties or obey stupid, oppressive rules. 
Dr. Hilary Jones, a jab enthusiast, that's the one I can't persuade to debate COVID with me, told the world that 90% of people in hospital with COVID-19 were unjabbed. This terminological inexactitude was repeated by a presenter called Lorraine Kelly and the following day an actor called Martin Kemp apparently repeated the garbage. The truth is that most of the deaths are occurring among the jabbed, not the unjabbed. Lies, lies and more lies. It's all we get from the mainstream media. It's a war in the media's on the side of the enemy. They're laughing at the five million who haven't yet had their first jab. But although they're laughing, they're also frightened. They know that when we win, they'll be in big trouble. And yet, meanwhile, the frightening evidence of the danger of the COVID-19 jabs continues to appear. It seems that the jabs may wake up a sleeping cancer, putting those whose cancer is whose cancer is in remission at grave risk of developing secondaries. No one who has had or may have cancer and still be on the waiting list for tests, of course, should dream of having the COVID jab. Doctors and nurses are obliged by law to make sure that experimental drugs are given with fully informed consent of the patients. How can there be informed consent when we still don't know what the dangers are? As I said a year ago, doctors who are giving these jabs will go to prison. A study conducted by people who usually teach grandmas how to suck eggs has concluded that GPs who sue their patients on video miss vital clues and struggle to build relationships with their patients. Dr Colin Barron and I agreed on that so long ago that I can't remember when it was. I have it from a reliable source that an actress has been dressing up as a nurse and giving jabs at a local NHS centre. Makes sense to me since the whole fraud has been one long drama, a long-running soap opera with scriptwriters hammering out the plot lines. Nurses have been saying that they loathe the unjabbed so much that they find it impossible to treat them. Any nurse who can be identified as having said this should be sacked immediately and removed from the nursing register permanently. This diabolical attitude is bad for two reasons. First, of course, the nurses who express these views are publicly exhibiting their ignorance. The patients accepting the jabs are the, are the ones who threaten healthcare, hospitals and everyone else's safety. Second and most important, medical professions have, professionals have a duty to treat all patients the same way. Does no one remember the episode in MASH when a Korean soldier needed treatment and Hawkeye insisted on dealing with him quickly because he was the most severely wounded? When I was at medical school, I was a member of something called the Medical Association for the Prevention of War and I remember attending a conference where a doctor from, I think, Detroit talked about the fact that hospital doctors had, on occasion, treated injured policemen before injured rioters. It was generally agreed that this was appalling and that patients should always be treated according to their needs and never according to their race, sex or beliefs. Now that there's no effective healthcare available in the UK, we need to keep campaigning for antibiotics to be available without a prescription. I've been shouting about the dangers of over-prescribing antibiotics for many decades, but if we don't take them off the doctors only list, many thousands will die of sepsis and chest infections. If you question my claim that there's no healthcare in the UK, please explain to me why the number of patients waiting more than 12 hours on trolleys in emergency departments has gone up by another 50% in a month. That's beyond a scandal. Thank you for watching An Old Man in a Chair, and thanks to Brand YouTube and to Mohammed Butt.
Incidentally, I saw someone complain about this section of my videos. Well, you could always turn off now and go and rush away to cut your toenails or whatever. I've always thought it rude to leave a cinema or turn off a film before the credits roll, but I'm old-fashioned. Some people also complain that I mention other videos I've made which seem relevant. I do that purely to help new, vid new viewers learn a little more background. The assumption seems to be, among some, that I earn more money that way. <laughs> That's stupid, because I don't earn a penny from any of my videos. Please subscribe to my channel on Brand YouTube and spread my videos about on other platforms, Rumble, Brighteon, Odyssey and BitChute. My thanks to everyone who does this. Put this video, video on Twitter and Facebook too. If you get your wrist slapped, regard it as a war injury. Please do translations too. All the papers and so on that I refer to can easily be found on the internet. If I give you all the links, I'll never do anything else. We do put up transcripts of the videos on both websites, both of my websites, and when possible we add important links. For the record, this channel has not been monetized. None of my videos ever has been. There are no ads, no sponsors, and no requests for funds. Don't forget to watch my friend Dr. Colin Barron's amazing videos, which are always fantastic and often incredibly funny. And visit his website, www.colinbarron.co.uk. Read the lightpaper.co.uk for all the news considered too truthful to print by the mainstream media. An amazing 200,000 copies are distributed. That's a bigger circulation than The Guardian or The Financial Times. And visit astandinthepark.org, which will give advice on how and where to stand in a park. Please visit my own websites, vernoncolman.org and vernoncolman.com. Vernoncolman.com is a bit more old-fashioned, but contains hundreds of articles on animal issues, politics and health. There are free books on both sites, and brand new stuff's added every weekday. Hundreds of articles to read. And of course, the feature detailing vaccine damage is updated every week. New articles added most days. Vernon Coleman's Wednesday Review will, God willing, appear here every Wednesday at 7pm. If it doesn't, then either something's happened to me or the video's been suppressed. That's how so much of my work these days. We all need to pray for the truth to be shared by the many, not just by the few. Whatever your religion, you need to pray, because the people running this fraud respect only lies, but in the way that vampires fear sunlight, they fear the truth. It's your government's greatest enemy and our only weapon. Finally, though it may feel like it at times, please remember, you're not alone. More and more people are waking up, and once they're awake, they don't go back to sleep. Which means our numbers are growing daily. If we're going to win this war, then we have to fight with determination and passion and the truth. Remember, this is primarily a propaganda and media war. Distrust the government. Avoid mass media and fight the lies. And thank you for watching an old man in a chair. <laughs>